0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Thanks.
1: Just invited me back so you guys could get another laugh of the life of a mother with three small children. But I, I have to say, not anything that exciting. My garage door stayed on this week. Yes. I did spill an entire cup of hot coffee in my lap on the way to school, but, you know, it's sorry, that's what coats are for. So I hope you're all doing well, I hope you're all walking in peace, and I'm excited to share about love with you today, and it is near and dear to my heart, not just because my last name is Loveland, although that's pretty awesome, too. Uh, and as Luke mentioned, we're finishing up our Advent series, we've been talking about how hope and peace and joy are not just novel ideas or words of the season, but that they're the fruit of abiding in Christ and living a powerful and abundant life that he has given us. And so we're going to wrap up today with love. And while most of you know there is no way (laughs) we could possibly cover the enormity that is God's love, we can talk about love that came down, in a manger, for you and for me, and that was a gift not only of the season, but it was full of grace and full of truth to transform us and a world around us. So we're going to speed through some of this because I have a really awesome story that I want to share with you via video. So let's pray. Lord, we exalt you today. And we thank you that out of your kindness, you sent a baby, Emmanuel, God with us. And so even with the busyness that is happening right now, we just settle our hearts into a place with you. And I ask your Holy Spirit to come and soften our hearts that you would breathe new life and you would breathe a fresh dose of love into each and every person in this room today, Lord. And it's in your name we pray, amen. So if you have your Bibles, if you will turn with me to Ephesians 1. I'm going to be reading the ESV translation today for those of you that have multiple choices. We're going to start Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. See, when we look at the beauty of a baby born in a manger, and we sing, come, let us adore him, it's pretty hard to separate the baby from the man that died on a cross. And so while this might be a little bit foundational, I think it's a really good place for us to start today. Because God had love in mind when he created each and every one of us. And that's pretty amazing. Amazing. And he had that in mind before the foundation of the world, which is even more hard to comprehend. Each and every one of you are well thought of. And even today, as I was driving past Good Samaritan Hospital, where I gave birth to all of my children, every time I go by there, I'm reminded of the joy of their life. And when you birth a child or you're a parent who's seen that life come out, that inexplainable, all-consuming joy. God had that for each and every one of you. And that might not be your story in an earthly place, but I want each of you to know right now that he made you with love. And he was ecstatic the moment that he created each and every one of us. And in order for Jesus to fulfill the promises of God for our salvation— a baby not only had to be born, but a man had to die. That love was possible by him first giving his son to be born a man, to live among us, to be with us, and then sacrifice for our shortcomings so we could enter salvation. That's hard to comprehend sometimes because we have a hard time asking ourselves, Why? Why? I mean, if I stood up here right now with my son and I said to each of you, I love you and you and you and you, each and every one of you so much that the only way I can demonstrate that love to bring you into my home and make room is to sacrifice my son. It's hard for me to even say that. How does it make you feel? It's tough to comprehend, but the good news is that Jesus made a way for us so that we would be able to enter into heaven. I mean, why would I give up my son in order to make room for you in my home? Well, before Jesus arrived and was sacrificed, there wasn't a way into heaven. I mean, we could not even be holy enough to enter into a place like heaven. But Jesus is the way. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. In love. I just want that to sit with you for a moment. I think when we talk about love... And oh, how he loves us. But some of us maybe shut down a little bit. Or there's a place in us that's not exactly awakened to what that means. Because we have loved. And I don't think there's a person in this room who hasn't experienced love, but probably even more so experienced heartache. You see, we've each given the deepest parts of ourselves in love to someone, to a family member, to a friend, to someone, And we've experienced heartache. And what happens when we experience that heartache? We begin to guard our hearts, and not in the way that Jesus intended. When we experience that deep pain, that betrayal, we, in essence, close ourselves down to not only experiencing love, but to be loved, to love ourselves And in the midst of pain and betrayal or heartache, many of you have said to yourself, I will never be hurt like that again. I know I have. And you see that right there is a vow. And a vow has this crazy power over us that when we say, I will never experience that again, I will not be hurt like that again. We in essence basically like make a stand to say that there's no way in, there's no way out. And we create this prison for ourselves. And that's a tough place to be, but I want you to know that when we put ourselves into that prison of pain, and we can't get out, God sent his Holy Spirit to give us the key. To do a work inside of us that we would be able to not only love again or be loved, but love ourselves. And no matter how deeply you have experienced pain, the Holy Spirit heals to that depth, amen? No matter how deep that cut is, he does a complete work, and you can love again. Turn with me to Ephesians 3, starting in verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, He strengthens our inner being so that we would know. That we would know. And the beauty of our adoration during this season is that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only beloved son a baby in a manger. So that through him we would know an unrestrained and unashamed love. And be filled with his fullness. In this passage, the word love here is the Greek word agape, which is unconditional love, not by chemistry or by feeling. That's awesome. Because when you first like, find the person, you're like, oh, I'm in love. I feel so in love. Well, we can also feel out of love. But God's love is unconditional, not dependent upon chemistry or feeling. That's pretty amazing. And in this passage, the word know here means to know by experience. And knowledge is to comprehend. So let me say it this way. We know by experience the unconditional love of Christ in a way we could never comprehend. Knowledge is good, but any knowledge that doesn't lead you to him, to an encounter with him, so that you would experience his love, Is not really much. When you hear a good teaching or you're in your Bible and things are speaking to you, that knowledge is adding to a place that God can then begin to encounter you, that you would experience His love. And most importantly, that you would be filled. And that fullness is like a glass overflowing, it's like a town that has no empty homes. It's like a pantry that's always stocked. It's complete. It's not empty. It's not lacking a single thing. Completely filled to overflow in the fullness of God. But now what do you do with that? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about going home for the holidays and the season of gift-giving. And if you're filled to overflow then what do you do with that love? How do you go in love like Christ? How do you shop like Christ? I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) But when we head to places that are empty, or maybe we encounter people in our family or our friends that are not full, I want you to think about some creative ways of how you can love that that love that's overflowing in you could flow into them. And so God is the creator, as we know. And so creativity is in his core. And it was awesome. Last weekend, there was a 60-minute segment. Some of you maybe saw it. But it captivated my attention in resembling the love of God, the creative love of God. And it was a segment called The New Columbia, It documents how Colombia used to be one of the most violent and isolated places on earth because of cartel, cocaine, and kidnappings. The Revolutionary Armed Forces, or the guerrilla warriors, as many of you have heard, fought the government in one of the longest wars in the Western Hemisphere. But then the unimaginable happened. A 52-year war that killed 220,000 people and displaced millions, effectively ended. And how is probably one of the most amazing things that I have ever seen. And it's rooted in the power of love.
2: Go ahead. Advertising is a very, very powerful force in the good you can do by changing minds of people in certain ways.
0: That's why it's powerful.
2: That's why it's powerful. we wanted peace forever.
0: It was the power to change minds that brought Colombia's deputy minister of defense to Jose Miguel Sokolov's ad agency in 2006. The military had brought the FARC to their knees and were looking for a new weapon to end the war. So they asked Sokolov, one of the world's top ad men to create a series of campaigns and TV commercials to convince the guerrillas to surrender and the Colombian people to accept them back. This gives
2: us the chance to apply our skills to something that is fundamentally important to us, to our kids, to our country.
0: In December 2010, they launched Operation Christmas, which they filmed for commercials that played on local TV. At great risk, Black Hawk helicopters carried two of Sokolov's colleagues, led by Colombian special forces, into rebel territory. They found nine 75-foot trees near guerrilla strongholds and decorated them with Christmas lights. Each tree was rigged with a motion detector that lit up the tree and a banner when the guerrillas walked by at night. It read, if Christmas can come to the jungle, you can come home. Demobilized. At Christmas, everything is possible.
2: What we did was try to make coming back home for Christmas an important thing. And we knew that if we put up these Christmas trees with that sign up there, we would touch the hearts of the guerrillas because my heart was touched. And they went and they did it. And it worked. And it worked incredibly well.
0: He said 331 guerrillas Roughly 5% of the rebel force at the time demobilized. They came out of the jungle and gave up. This is spectacular.
2: It's beautiful, isn't it?
0: Like most Colombians, Sokolov was born into war and grew up here in Bogota without knowing a day of peace. In the beginning, what was the purpose of the campaign? It was
2: always exactly the same. Demobilize as many guerrillas as possible.
0: As with any ad campaign, they began with research. Their focus group, former guerrillas, Sokolov's team tracked them down and interviewed them.
2: We found the common denominator of all those stories is that a guerrilla is as much a prisoner of his organization than the people he holds hostage.
0: There was no way out.
2: There was no way out. And it certainly softened me up when I heard these stories. I said, these poor people.
0: And you never
2: expected that you would feel that way? I didn't expect them to be so human.
0: But how do you reach your target audience when they're hiding in 150,000 square miles of jungle? The rivers, they discovered, are the highways of the jungle. So they launched their second Christmas campaign, Operation Rivers of Light. They asked people in nearby villages to send messages and gifts to the guerrillas which were placed inside capsules that glowed in the dark, then floated down the river.
2: You just put them there, and these lit up at night, and when you see that beautiful thing coming down the river, you can't help but being touched by it.
0: How many lights like that did you send? Almost 7,000. One of the messages was from Colombia's president, Juan Manuel Santos who was just awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to end the war. And you did this with the Colombian military?
2: Absolutely, we couldn't have done it without them.
0: It humanizes them as much as you've tried to humanize the guerrillas. Exactly. Sokolov and his military partners never let up. They rolled out dozens of campaigns, each uniquely designed to show the guerrillas the way out. With beams of light, stickers on trees,
2: She's and
0: voices of ex-guerrilla leaders booming across the jungle. But no voice was more powerful than their mothers.
2: She's waiting for you. She's been waiting for you for at least 20 years in some cases.
0: In 2013, Sokola found 27 mothers of guerrillas. They gave his agency photos of their sons and daughters as young children that only they could recognize during Christmas flyers with those photos were placed all over the jungle and the message was
2: before you were a guerrilla you were my child so come home because I'm, I will always be waiting for you at Christmas time
0: we call that going for the jugular <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because wow
2: 218 people with this campaign Gave up their weapons and came home and stopped shooting. So, whatever number you get out is people that you don't have to fight. What
0: was your most successful campaign?
2: Football. Football? Football, always football. Football moves <laughs> this country. Football is our passion.
0: It was a passion shared by the guerrillas, who often stopped fighting during matches. When Colombia hosted the Under 20 World Cup in 2011, Sokolov kicked off a new campaign. Soldiers armed with thousands of soccer balls entered stadiums, and players, celebrities, and fans all signed them. They loaded them onto helicopters and threw them out over the jungle, each with a sticker that said, Be mobilized. Let's play again. Over eight years, 18,000 guerrillas put down their weapons and came home, in large part because of Sokolov's campaign. The ads helped bring the FARC to the negotiating table in 2012. During the peace talks, Sokolov said guerrilla leaders asked the government to stop airing his commercials. Soon after, they agreed to a ceasefire.
2: Colombians started feeling confident, started feeling that we could do whatever we wanted. We started feeling secure and safe, the fear started going away. And as we went outside and the world came here, it was infectious. The energy. The energy was incredible. And that is what the world sees now of Colombia.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right? Are you experiencing love right now? The love of God that calls his children home? Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously. I think that the power that kind of sets that into motion is when the advertising executive said that he realized, listening to their stories, that they were just as human. The gorillas. These warriors that they've been fighting for 52 years. And I think that's an important point when we think about loving others. We're all human, and we're riddled with fault and shame and poor choices and whatever it might be. But we're all human, and we're all longing to go home. And of course, the mothers, even if you're not a mom, that just gets you right there. Before you were a gorilla, you were my child. And I see you the way you've always been. And God is saying that over each of you. I see you the way you've always been. The way that I created you, I see you. Come home. Come home. Some of you may be even relating to that I think uh, they said that some of the moms have been waiting for over 20 years. 20 years. It's like the prodigal son story, right? To return. But it's an everlasting love that says come home. And while we don't live in a war-torn country, we live in a place that really has its challenges and its wars of its own. If we pause and we look around our community, I was thinking, like, if you could get a map and see, like, little markers on it of all the turmoil that's going on around you that might change the way we think about loving our neighbors. And as I thought about that some more, just in my community, my two-mile radius of my neighborhood, I know personally of multiple suicides, multiple drug overdoses, people who are going through divorce, veterans who are dealing with PTSD, spouses who have their loved ones deployed, people living with cancer. I mean, it goes on. Convicted felons. I know this. And when we, like, grasp the fact that right in this small area, right in here, with each of us, we're all human. And we're all longing to be a son and a daughter and a brother and a sister. And so when we experience that love of God and it overflows, we can take that to each other, that we can love in a safe place, that we can call each other home. And maybe home for you is the first time you've even heard about Jesus asking you to come into his home, that heaven has a space for you. Or maybe coming home is coming back to the Father. Maybe there's some places in your heart that you've locked up again and you hear him saying, come home, I've got the key. When we think about simple ways that we can show love, it might not look like this crazy campaign, although I think we can all agree it's inspiring. I mean, to light the way home. I mean, literally light the way home. Jesus is the light, and he is the way. And you can light the way home for someone. There's people in our families that we've been interceding for. And you can light the way home. Call them. Ask them over for dinner. Grab a cup of coffee. Light the way. Because every single person is longing to come home. I've always been waiting for you, and I will continue to wait for you. That's the love of the Father God. And one of the most successful campaigns there at the end was about soccer. And he said it was because it was their passion. And so when we think about love and giving love, can you love what other people love? Because love looks like something. Love does something. Love's not just sitting here thinking happy thoughts about somebody. Oh, I love them. Love actually reaches out and touches, right? If any of you know Nikki Nowell, you know that she loves chai tea. You know that. And if you grab a cup of chai tea with with Nikki, or you bring her a cup of tea, I guarantee you she feels loved. Because you know what she loves. Your family, what do they love? Do they love football? Come home for football. Do they love homemade pie? Come home for pie. But there are simple ways That when we're home for the holidays, we can spill out the overflow of the love of Christ that calls people home, that calls people a step closer to a place that's with him. And so I want to challenge you today that as your heart is stirring, when you watch that video, the Holy Spirit was breathing things in each person in this room. Maybe it is somebody you've been praying for for years. Maybe God is calling you back home. Maybe he's calling you to a place that you haven't wanted to deal with. But I want to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is here to heal you to the depth of whatever pain, of whatever, all the the length and time that you've poured out in prayer for somebody. He is here. And God is a God who fulfills his promises. He keeps his word. Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, just as an act of faith, as the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now, where do you need to come home? And who can you call home? And maybe if you're brave enough today, you just stand. If that's you. If you hear Daddy calling you back, if you hear that heaven has made a space for you, if you've been petitioning for a loved one, can you stand? maybe it's simply that god is just asking you to come back to your first love begin again and if that's you just stand up there's power when we take a step physically with our bodies we see all these dancers i mean how many of us are moved to tears in some form or fashion when you see movement happening so when you stand up it's not shame As Carla likes to tell of us, this is the no shame zone. It's not shame. It is courage. And God meets you at that place of courage because you are being made aware. You are knowing what is happening and he is coming in to give you that experiential encounter with him that when you stand, you're making a statement. I am right here. And just like those Colombians said, I am saving a place for you. I am saving a seat for you. And so together let's just pray this. Abba Father, I'm coming home. And Daddy, there's places and people that I've been praying for that are on my heart to come home. Would you help me light the way? Would you help me be your voice? Would you help me be your feet? Would you help my love look like something? And love looks like something even when we talk about places like Aleppo or Mosul. And maybe the Holy Spirit's highlighting for you right now to do something, to pray every day, to give, to send something, to write a letter, Jesus, I just thank you that you are revealing those things to everybody in this room right now. And Father, we're taking a stand today. We're coming home to you, and we're standing in the gap for people that are coming back home to you, Lord. We're standing in the gap for all of the war torn countries in the world, God, of the people that you love. That you're bringing them home to you, God, by love. A baby in a manger. A man on a cross. And so, Father, right now, I just bless every person in this room with an overflowing, abundant outpouring of your goodness, of your love, of your creativity, God. As we go home for the holidays, as we sit around a table with people that we care about, as we write cards, as we call friends... I bless everyone in this room, Lord, to overflow with all of you, God. And that you would bring your spirit to heal every depth of hurt and pain that we would come home and love again, Lord. Amen.
3: Thanks, Jenny. That was great. You guys, are you guys thankful for Jenny and the word inside of her this morning? Hey, let's, let's, let's stand again together today. And um, just to reiterate what Jenny just said there, I just, I just felt like even before you leave today if there may have been like as we were praying there there might be a single name that pops into your head of somebody that you know you're going to see this week and maybe it's somebody in your office place maybe it's somebody coming into town or you're going you're going out of town to go visit some family think of one person one person that god would put on your heart to love uniquely and, and intentionally this this week and and be obedient respond to god's heart for them and i and i just want to encourage you as as that name comes to mind hold it there don't just let it slide off as soon as you walk out the doors but hold it there pray for them let's love well this week all right let's do that together and I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward Um, we end every service with the chance to receive more prayer some of you are here and there's things going on in your life that you just want someone to pray for you maybe it's a physical condition we have several physical conditions on the screen that we would love to get a shot at praying for you Um, but maybe it has to do with uh, some relationships that you're going through or other questions that you might have. These are people that you can trust up front. And then lastly, I will say this. We didn't mention this during announcements, but out in the foyer there's there's also a table for a a class coming up in January some of you are familiar with. It's called Perfect Love, which I think is so fitting even for today. And this class is a seven-week class. Uh, It's a seven-week journey through inviting God into places of your heart that maybe you haven't even gone to yourself and allowing him to explore what it is that's going on in your heart. And it's 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 a pathway for deeper healing, for wholeness for worship, for restored relationship with both God and and others. And so we'd encourage you to go check out the information on that. It's called Perfect Love. It's an inner healing seminar that's happening, seven weeks, happening starting in January. Some of you guys need to sign up for that. It's a tremendously powerful, transformative class uh, to receive the love of God on a whole new level. So go do that. Hey, the rest of you guys, don't rush out. I know you got some last minute shopping to do and all that kind of shenanigans, right? Um, Don't rush out. Hug somebody on your way out. Get into some conversations. Maybe introduce yourself to somebody you haven't introduced yourself to before. Um, We're going to be back at the Connect Center. Some of us will be back there. So if you're a guest and you want some more information or you just want to talk to somebody about Vine Life, we'll have a couple of us back there. Everybody else, have an awesome, awesome holiday. Be blessed this next week. We'll see you at Saturday at 3 o'clock. Merry, Merry Christmas.